Welcome to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, welcome to Icon Church, and it's my privilege to bring uh, this message in our second service of today. And uh, it's been such a great day, an incredible morning services and uh, incredible night service as well. Uh, as I was introduced, my name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here at Icon Church. And like I said, it's my privilege to bring uh, today's, tonight's message uh, to you and uh, really believing that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. Uh, I want to speak from the subject tonight, the way to respond. But I thought it'd be great just to start by just praying and just believing for God to speak to, it, to every one of us. So let's pray. Jesus, pray for every single person uh, watching this right now, every single person engaged in this service. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work. We open our hearts to your word and we say, speak to us tonight. Help us to know you more, know your grace and know your love more in our lives. And all the church said, Amen, Amen. Let me read some verses that I want to highlight to us tonight and speak from. They're from Matthew 9 and uh, they're verses 35 to 38. Uh, If you haven't got a Bible with you, don't worry, the team will put them up on the screen as I read them. But it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It's a story about Jesus, which we find in the New Testament. If you don't know what the New Testament is, you've got kind of like the New Testament is the story of Jesus and then the church and the Old Testament is before Jesus. And Matthew is that first book in the New Testament. And we see this story of Jesus and how he responds in a moment. How do you respond? How do you respond in a moment? What is your response to things? What about for you when you're maybe playing your favourite game and it doesn't quite go as you had planned? What's your response? I know there are many people watching who may play the game FIFA and um, they may get angry, upset, frustrated at the game FIFA. I know there's uh, some some of our young adults in Chesterfield who uh, have broken remotes, remote controls over FIFA. I mean... That's a response, isn't it? But how do you respond? How do you respond to bad news? How do you respond to good news? How do you respond to when things go well? How do you respond when things don't go well? I guess our response is something that we're able to control. We're able to uh, control in our lives and that our response is really important. I I wanna speak today because over the last uh, maybe week or so, the, the topic of racism and us tackling racism has come to the forefront. And it's come to the forefront because we've seen the uh, murders of Armoud Arbery and George Floyd. And we've seen them 
for us all to see on video and we've demanded justice. But how did those videos make you feel? Did they make you feel sick? Did they make you feel anger? Did they make you feel hate? Did they make you feel despair? You see, we we get feelings from a moment, but it's how we respond. You see, in those moments, if I'm able to be honest with you, it made me feel sick. It, it, It made me feel like, what can I do though? Made me feel inadequate, unqualified. What can I do? And so many times we allow those feelings to dictate our response, to dictate our response. I I would admit that those feelings of inadequate and unqualified have kept me quiet at times. They've kept me silent on issues where I shouldn't have been silent. I do want to add this though, that we do need to guard our hearts. We have to guard our hearts because the Bible tells us that that our hearts, out of our hearts, our life flows. And here's the important thing, we have to guard our hearts. But what would our response be? You see, because I've been, you know, like thinking about this and tackling this in my own thoughts and in my own lives. And what, how do I want to respond? And I've come up with this conclusion. I want to respond like Jesus. I want to respond like Jesus wants me to respond. I want to respond like he would respond. I guess for any of us who are uh, tuning into this service right now, whether from Derby and Sheffield and Rotherham and Stocksbridge, Chesterfield, or maybe you're part of our online community, I guess if we're followers of Jesus, that's our cry and that's our hope that we would respond like Jesus. You see, I love this because the way Jesus defined his disciples, that word disciples just means those who followed him, those who, uh, you know, came after him. They were his friends, but also the people Jesus entrusted with in terms of taking this message worldwide. And here's the incredible thing. Here's what he said to his disciples. He said, they'll know you're my disciples. They'll know that you're my followers. They'll know that you're like me by the way you love one another. Last Sunday service, uh, our lead pastor Paul spoke a message in the Essentialism series, part two, and he said this phrase, joy is the second most powerful kind of thing in the world. Love is the most powerful. I kind of want to write it like this. There's nothing, nothing more powerful in the world than the love of God. There's nothing more powerful in the world than the love of God. We see it in the sacrifice of Jesus. We see it all over scripture. You read scriptures like that perfect love will cast out fear. That actually that perfect love, there's nothing more powerful than the love of God. And here's the thing, I wanna be like Jesus. I wanna love like Jesus, but I also wanna do what Jesus did. You see, I want that to be my response. Do you want that to be your response today? You see, I believe he's going to use us. He's going to use me. He's going to use you. He's going to use us as Icon Church to bring peace, to bring hope, to bring justice. And you see, we read this story that I read earlier. And it's an incredible story because Jesus has been going through towns and villages and cities. He's been going to churches. He's been going everywhere. And he's seen incredible miracles take place. He's seen incredible miracles. He's seen healings. He's seen, you know, healing of every disease, the Bible said. He's seen sickness and he's seen the good news preached, good news of the kingdom. And then he sees a crowd. And here's his response. Here's his response to things are going pretty well. Here's his response to 
things are working out, but he looks out and he sees the crowd. He sees the crowd and he has compassion on them. And he recognises, my work's not done. There's more to be done. There's more for us to do. You see, Jesus' response in this moment is he sees, he feels, and he acts. I really believe truly as followers of Jesus, if we're truly followers of Jesus, it's the same for each and every one of us, that actually we see the need. We may feel compassion just as Jesus did and we act on that because I really believe that something changes when we're in relationship with Jesus. Let me put it like this. In Jesus, we change the way we see, the way we feel and the way we act. I want to walk like Jesus. I want, to, I want to be like Jesus. That's what I'm called to do. I'm called to bear his image. That's why we're called Icon Church. Icon, you know, the Greek word icon with the E on the front means image bearer. We are that image bearer. We just drop the E because we think it's cooler. But here's the thing, we are that image bearer. We're called to be those image bearers of Jesus. And so whatever situation, we're called to bear the image of Jesus. You see, what he's passionate about, I become passionate about. When I walk with Jesus, what he's passionate about, I become passionate about. Let me give you an illustration of kind of what I mean by that in terms of what he's passionate about, I become passionate about. Just think of maybe a friend, maybe they're there in Derby or in Stocksbridge, Rotherham. Maybe it's a friend in Sheffield or even in Chesterfield right now. You think of that friend and this friend usually has the, what I will call the lockdown look going on, even out of lockdown. Like they're wearing the sweatpants. They kind of haven't showered for a couple of days. Maybe they've not sprayed deodorant for a couple of days and as I'm thinking I'm thinking of a, a, a friend a guy but all of a sudden a girl enters into his life a girl enters in oh and it changes like you realize all of a sudden this guy's got a crush on this girl and it changes because all of a sudden he's gone from sweatpants to jeans he's actually bought new clothes He's had a shower and he's had a haircut. And is that deodorant he's put on even aftershave? You see, because all of a sudden there was a passion to actually impress the girl, to show the girl that actually, you know, I can look after myself. I can do it. I know that's a funny illustration, but here's the thing. What we're passionate about, we act on. <laughs> If we're passionate about a girl, we're going to act on that in terms of that might just be sprucing ourselves up. You know, girls out there, you like a guy, you're going to act upon that. Maybe you're going to kind of sidle in to, you know, their friendship group a little bit more. I know I'm speaking to some people right now, but here's the thing. I, I want to be passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. And so that means I've got to get around the things that Jesus is passionate about. I've got to get to know what he's passionate about. I've got to put myself in the place of what he's passionate about. You see, I, I understand this, that Jesus' purposes were mercy. You read it all in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Jesus' purposes were mercy, justice, love, faith, hope, reaching the lost. Do you see that? If he's passionate about that, 
I wanna be passionate about that. Is there anybody else who wants to be passionate about what Jesus is passionate about? You see, we've gotta constantly remind ourselves who God calls us to be, not who they want us to be. Because they, they would want us to be something different maybe, but who God is actually calling us to be. Let me highlight they by actually flipping us to another story that Jesus taught. And it's the story that many of us may know. It's called the story of the Good Samaritan. And we find it in another book of the Gospels, the stories of Jesus in the book of Luke. And uh, I'm just going to read the first section of what leads to Jesus telling a story about a Good Samaritan. And I'll, I'll let you know the story later on in my message. But let me just, let me just highlight they. Because here it is. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? So the teacher of the law answered like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked, and who is my neighbour? You see, that's a they attitude. That's a they attitude that actually I'm going to actually get out of doing what I'm called to do, doing what God's called me to do. Maybe that's a they attitude of who is my neighbour? Do I really have to love everybody? No, this is what Jesus is about. He's about everybody, whoever we are, wherever we find ourselves, that he's about everybody. And no longer am I going to listen to they, but I'm going to listen to who God calls me to be. Here's a question for you. What's more influential, they or what God has said? What's more influential, they or what God has said? So how do we respond? Well, I've just got two short thoughts for us today in how we respond, just like Jesus responded, how we respond just like Jesus. The first one is this, we respond by seeing others. Matthew 9, back to Matthew 9 and verse 35, it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And then the start of verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds. Can can you see the difference between who's my neighbour to he saw the crowds? Because like the the teacher of the law, the expert in the law is asking who's my neighbour and kind of want to get out of this. Who's my neighbour? It was interesting, actually, I was talking to Debbie about my message today. Debbie's my wife and Zion was in the same room. Zion's my six-year-old son. And if you didn't see him on this morning's service, then uh, you need to go and watch that. Uh, one, because there's an incredible message and two, because Zion's on there. But here's the thing, right? A six-year-old, I'm talking about loving your neighbour. And he says, Daddy, we don't just love our neighbours, we love everyone. And it was like... We know the scripture means we love everyone, like loving your neighbour. It was a statement. But he just recognises neighbour as the people we live near. But he, he had this innocence, purity, this, I believe, a God heart, a Jesus heart, that we love everyone. 
Can you see the difference? He saw the crowds. Jesus saw the crowds. He's not going, oh, you know, he's not just going, oh, who is my neighbor? No, he saw the crowds. And it's the same for me and for you. We've got to see the crowds. We've got to see the people who are in need. We've got to see those who are in need of help. We've got to see those. Are you seeing the need in front of your eyes? Or are you walking by? Back to that story of the Good Samaritan that we'll find in in Luke 10. And it starts in verse 25 with that opening exchange. But I'm just going to paraphrase for us right now because of time. Here's the story Jesus tells. He tells of a a man who's been beaten and a a man who's in need and he's on this road. And many prestigious people, people that actually who Jesus is talking to in this moment, they would expect them to help but they just walked by. But it was a Samaritan. And in those days, Samaritans and Jews didn't mix. Actually, Jews would have been, uh, you know, would have uh, put down on Samaritans. They'd have, you know, like, didn't even believe, you know, they were even full people. And this is true. And they did just, you know, the prestigious people would have walked by, but the Samaritan helped And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, whoever we are, everyone's one. But we've got to see people. We can't just walk by. We can't just walk by when there's need. We can't just walk by when justice is needed. We can't just walk by, but we've got to start by seeing. There's a Bible verse that says, hey, and I'm, I'm taking this in this, in these times at this moment. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Let me say this. It doesn't say don't speak. But it says, be quick to listen. That means I've got to listen more than I'm speaking. I've got to listen more than I'm speaking. I'm on a journey right now of trying to listen to the needs of people, trying to listen to the needs of those, uh, you know, who, are, uh, who have been fighting against the racism issue for years and years and years, those who have faced that oppression, those who have faced it. I need to listen because I need to begin to understand because, you know, I have privilege and, and I, I may not be able to fully understand and so, but I've got to be quick to listen but I still need to speak. I still need to speak. But here's the thing, I've got to listen. So many times in our lives when, it, when about seeing others, we, we, don't, we don't listen, we just speak. We just keep speaking and it becomes about me and my problems. But I've realised this, that humility is intertwined with justice and mercy. You see, I believe if we have humility, we'll see the crowds. Micah 6 And verse eight says this, he has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Do you see that? Justice and mercy is intertwined with humility. You see, I've got to be humble enough to listen to others. I've got to be humble enough, just as the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament, to put others above myself. I've got to be humble enough to actually elevate others so I can see the need. Jesus saw the crowds, he saw the need. It was this position of humility. I'm praying and I'm believing that Jesus would open our eyes to the pain that is in this world. That no longer do we live in the cosy, the bubble that we get to live in, but no, no longer do we brush things under the carpet. No, no, we're gonna be light in dark places. And we've got to be those people who are willing to humble ourselves, willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to use 
knows our voice, but willing to learn and willing to put others above ourselves. You see, the selfish Christian would say, well, what about me? It's interesting with everything that's going on and the Black Lives Movement that you get many responses like this, but let me correct it for you. All lives matter. See, Judah Smith put it the best way, and I'll say it like this. All lives don't matter until black lives matter. And here's the great, the best analogy I've heard of this. There's been amazing ones that have gone out, cartoons. You'll find them all over social media. But here's the one that hit me because it's a story Jesus told about a hundred sheep. 99 of them were safe. 99 of them were safe, but one was lost. And yes, Jesus is talking about reaching the lost, but one was lost, one was broken, one was hurting. But the 99 were safe. And here's what a selfish Christian would do. They were in the 99 and they say, yeah, but there's 99 of us here. It's good. It's all right. What about us? What about us? No, no, let's go after the one. Let's go after the broken. Let's go after the hurting. Let's go and chase justice and mercy. Let's be those people that do that. So who are you seeing? Will you respond by seeing others? Or will you allow just your feelings to fester and you don't see others? Will you see others? Will you respond by opening your eyes? The second thing is this, we respond by acting. We respond by acting. Back to those verses that are our key verses for today in Matthew, Matthew 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, so he saw them, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. And so it goes on and he says he had compassion on them. That's his feeling. You see, Jesus, he saw, he felt, and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, he had this compassion, which led to prayer. Let me say this, prayer is our first resort. We go to prayer first because we need the power of God to be at work. We need God's power. Like I said right at the start, there is nothing more powerful in this universe than the love of God. And we need God's love to invade people's lives. But it didn't stay at prayer. It didn't stay at prayer. Too many times in church life, we would you know, see a need or see an issue and we'd pray about it. But, but let's not. Too many times in my life, I've seen a need, I've seen an issue, I've seen someone who might just need a conversation or might just need, you know, encouragement and I've seen it and I might have said a prayer, but I've done nothing else. You see, it has to go further. The book of James, James is the brother of Jesus. He writes a book which we find in the New Testament in the Bible and he says, faith without works is dead. He says in another part, let, let this faith be shown by your good life and the works that you have done. You see, there's an acting, there's something we've got to do. I'm so thankful that Jesus modelled this because this is the way we respond. We have to act because chapter 10 starts and it begins to tell us a story. Matthew chapter 10 tells us a story how Jesus gathers the 12 and he sends them out. And what does he send them out to do? To heal to bring good news, to, 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 to see lives transformed, lives liberated. Why? Because he saw the crowd. 
He had compassion. And so we're going to do something about this. We're going to do something about it. There was a sending out. I believe today and I want to inspire you and I want you to inspire myself today. He's sending us. He's sending us into a world that may seem dark. He's sending us into a world that we may feel inadequate. We may feel like, who, who, who are we to go? But God has empowered us. He's called us to go. He's sending us to bring about mercy and justice and hope and love and faith. He's called us to reach the lost. He's called us to be that like we are the sent ones. You see, my job is to bring about what God has called me to, his purposes. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to respond like Jesus. We're all called to do something. You see, today, the most powerful thing that we could do is love. We could love, love one another, but not just keep quiet about our love, no, speak up about our love for each other. To speak in love, just as Jesus loved us. Let me go back right at the start when I said, hey, they'll know you're my disciples, they'll know you're my followers by the way you love one another. 1 John 3 and verse 16 says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We ought to lay our lives down. This is what love is, that we lay our lives down for each other, that we see each other, that actually we humble ourselves and we see each other's pain and we begin to uh, help one another. We listen, but we act and we do something about it. So today my prayer is, Jesus, send us, send us. We need a revival. We need an injection of God's love. We need an injection of, uh, of God's presence and God's spirit all over the world right now and in every moment. And so here's what we're going to do. And I don't want you to switch off the stream. We're going to take a moment to worship together. And our youth sound team, which is the youth creative team of Icon Church, they've done a song called Lord Send Revival. Lord Send Revival by Hillsong Young and Free. And they recorded it for one of our youth services, but I really believe it's powerful. And I want you to take this moment to worship with our youth creative team, to open your heart and to make it a prayer and a declaration over the world right now. Lord, send revival. Lord, move. Bring your love. Bring your grace. Lord, send revival. And then I'm going to come back afterwards. And tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. You never made a decision to know Jesus, to know his love in your life. Then tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. But let's worship together and let's believe for God to move and send a revival as we declare this over our world right now. I love our youth team. They're the greatest icon youth across all of our campuses. They're the best. Big shout out to the icon youth team and a big shout out to our youth sound creative team. What an incredible job. And it was so good to be able to worship together and know God's presence in my life but believing that God would send a revival in our world. And tonight I finish with those verses, 1 John 3 and verse 16 that says this, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. I want to change us to you because that message is for you. You've never known that Jesus loved you 
that he's for you and that he has such great purposes and plans for your life, then tonight I want to tell you he does. How do I know that? Because I have that personal relationship with him. You see, this isn't about a to-do list. No, no, no. This is about following Jesus and all that he has for me. It's about living life and life to the full as Jesus promised. It's about knowing the truth and the truth, that truth will set me free. So whoever you are tonight, wherever you find yourself, you've never accepted Jesus into your life and this is your moment. Right now, our hosts are putting uh, messages in our chats. In Church Online, there's a button that you can click that says raise hand. Click that button right now and say, Nathan, that's me. I want to make that decision. Click that button. If you're on YouTube in the chat, why don't you put a hand emoji saying that's me? Why don't you be brave and courageous in this moment and say, Nathan, that's me. I want to know this love. I want to know this forgiveness. I want to know this grace. Put that hand emoji in the chat. There's also a form that you can fill in if you're making that decision that we'd love you to fill in so that we can help you on this walk with Jesus, knowing Jesus in your life, help you get connected to community and to life. I want to tell you this, that many of my friends who I've invited to church would say things like, yeah, but if you knew what I'd done, Nathan, then you knew that God could never accept me. You see, here's the thing. God does know and he accepts you and he loves you. The Bible tells us there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus. He laid his life down for you, went to the cross so that you can know freedom, you can know forgiveness tonight. So if that's you, as I'm talking right now, click that button, put that hand emoji in YouTube right now. Just going to give it a few more seconds. That's you. Just do that right now. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to help you on this journey. Let me tell you, this decision's changed my life. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. Don't miss it. Or tonight, you are in this service and you would be saying, I may have made that decision before, but I've not been walking with Jesus. And tonight, I need to change that. I need to change that tonight. Then you click that button. You put that raised hand emoji in the chat. You fill out the form. You do that right now and say, I need to come back into relationship with Jesus to know his presence, to know his grace in my life. That's you do that right now. I'm going to pray. And while I'm praying, maybe you've not done that, but God's stirring something in your heart. Come on, be brave, be courageous. Click that button, put that hand emoji in YouTube as I pray for every single person making that decision. We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, we thank you for every single person making that decision. We thank you, God, that you see every life. We thank you for your forgiveness. And I declare over every single life, there is forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I declare right now over your life that nothing can separate you from his love and from his grace. That tonight you can find your purpose. You can find what life is all about. You can find life and life to the full. And I pray for every single one of us here tonight, watching wherever we may be in the world, that we would be a people who respond like you, Jesus, that we follow you, Jesus, that you have more for each and every one of us. I really believe that. 
And Lord, we just ask you as, that, as we sung that song, Lord, send revival. Send revival over our nation. Send revival over our world. Let there be a, a revival that breaks out. Let there be people who find you, Jesus. Let there be justice and mercy where it's needed, God. Let there be a change in people's lives right now. I'm believing for it in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And so we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence in our life. And we really believe tonight, God, that you're at work in our lives, but you're at work in this world. And we declare that you're doing more in the background than we can see in the foreground. And so we place our total faith in you, Jesus. We believe in you. We give you all honour, all glory and all praise. And everyone said, Amen. Before I hand back to our hosts, George and Rosie, I want to say this. Let's respond like Jesus. Let's see others. And let's act upon that. And let's believe that as we do that, we will see a change. And I really believe that as we do those things, we can see society change for the better. Church, love you, believing for you, believing the best in your life. And I look forward to when I can see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.